I'm Ferdinand Kutzer from Kutzer Farms in Atkins, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the bottom fell out of the clouds last month as the Texas High Plains saw the second wettest May on record. Plus, the Texas legislature has approved $1.5 billion to expand rural broadband across the state. We'll have those stories coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We are seeing dramatic improvement in our grazing lands in the Texas High Plains. And that's just one thing cattle raisers have to be happy about right now. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Farmers attending a field day in southeast Texas see grain sorghum test fields producing very well as varieties are being developed for higher yield potential. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a report from Fort Bend County on Texas Ag Today. The Texas AgriBility Project helps farmers and ranchers overcome challenges. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have details on this special program on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The spigot opened up over the Texas Panhandle and Southern Plains over the last few weeks and dumped a massive amount of water over the drought-parched crop fields and pastures. Adam Hickson is an agronomist with BASF in the Plains area of Texas. I was looking at some data. We are at number two on the most wettest May on records. So over the past 131 years, the Panhandle of Texas, it's number two for the wettest year on record. Of course, you can never complain about a rain in the western half of the state, but Hickson says it has thrown a big monkey ranch into spring planting. We are sitting really, really good on moisture um, in spots, maybe a little too much. It's definitely delayed planting. People are scrambling, you know, growers are scrambling to get in the field and get their crop planted. There are some replants going in. Some of these storms have dropped some significant hail. And so, Growers are having to make decisions on, you know, what they're going to go back with. Am I going to go back with cotton? Am I going to go back with some sort of grain crop? I mean, the the prices for grains really good, and so the decisions that they're making are, uh, you know, difficult. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we will never turn down a rain in West Texas ever. 
Hickson says weed control is a huge challenge right now as those dormant weed seeds sitting in the soil have gotten enough rain to finally come alive and grow fast. USDA will allocate $714 million in grants and loans to help rural residents in 19 states get better access to high-speed Internet. It's the fourth round of funding through the agency's ReConnect program that's working to bring high-speed service to an estimated 314,000 rural residents. Here in Texas, of course, we're doing things even bigger. The state legislature has made rural broadband access a priority. Texas Farm Bureau Associate Director of Government Affairs Billy Howe says state lawmakers allocated a big chunk of money for it. Been a big issue, huge issue for us, and uh, the legislature appropriated another $1.5 billion to go towards getting broadband out into the rural areas and other underserved areas. That's huge. An estimated 7 million Texans do not have access to a broadband internet connection. Texas High Plains cattle producers are seeing a dramatic improvement in grazing lands thanks to the recent rains. James Hunt tells us that's just one thing that cattlemen have to be happy about right now. In our previous report, we heard from Quentin Shield Knight about how things are going on his farming operations in the northern Texas panhandle. This time around, we're talking about livestock, as Quentin Shield Knight is also involved in cattle and beef. We raise registered Red Angus as well as commercial Red Angus, and we also have a retail beef business as well. And so we uh, we have cows spread out. We sent 400 cows to Kansas with the drought, so a lot of our, our cows are in the Flint Hills right now. They're, they're not here, which is kind of a blessing, as muddy as we've been. Uh, it'd be real hard on them in all this mud, but right now it, it's looking good in the cattle business. You know, prices are high, and... Uh, it's a good time to breed raising calves right now. Shield Knight, like all area livestock producers, is excited about the dramatic greening up we're experiencing on grazing lands. But he's not ready to bring his cows back from Kansas just yet. We want to stay off our grass here as long as we can. Because, you know, our native species don't grow a lot of volume, but, uh, but they sure pack a punch in protein and the things they need to do for our cows. So if we can stay off of it, let it grow this summer, and recover from all the conditions that it's been in. Those cows will come home into a better situation starting next spring. When those cows come home, they'll all grow out on corn stalks. So we'll be able to even stay off of it this fall, and we'll put them out on the farm ground and graze out, you know, cover crops that we put in here on our prevent plant, and then we'll be able to bring them back and get them in, in great shape and then go into the spring in really, really good shape, I think. And once again, that was Quentin Shield Knight of Spearman, a farmer and a beef producer. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It has been a great year so far for grain sorghum in South Texas. Tom Nicoletti attended a recent field day there. My guest today is Brian Thomas. He is DeKalb Grain Sorghum Product Manager. Caught up with him at a recent field day in Fort Bend County, west of Houston. And uh, Brian, we're out here in a sorghum field, and certainly the early uh, rains uh, this spring uh, helped uh, the sorghum that you folks uh, have here in test plots. Yes, it's as a product manager, you kind of want a little harsher conditions, so you can really see how your your products really stack up against that. But hey. 
blessed that our producers get a good year to get a good crop in and the, the crops are looking great. Now you folks uh, develop varieties to cover a wide geographies, but at the same time you focus on potential yield. Correct. Yeah. So obviously uh, yield is, is number one, but we're not just looking at yield. We're also focused on yield that performs in various geographies and various conditions. Right now, things have kind of blessed conditions. Everything looks good. That's not, as we know, going to happen every year. Two years ago sprouting we've had some tough conditions before so again good to see that the producers are finally getting uh, some great conditions but we are focused on trying to take out a lot of that risk and regardless of what conditions they have is give producers a dependable product that will turn up time and time again but there's a lot of other conditions that are extremely important to add value to the producer people have attempted to yield when the crop is down, but it's a lot harder and gets producers frustrated. So, standability is is a core for us, and two, it's a strong representation of the brand and what we try and produce. That is Brian Thomas. He is DeKalb Sorghum Product Manager here in Fort Bend County in the town of Needville. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas AgriAbility Project serves farmers and ranchers with disabilities, chronic health conditions, and functional limitations to start or stay engaged in agriculture. Gary Joyner has more. I'm in College Station. I'm at a workshop discussing mental health among the farm and ranch community. And with me today is Dr. Cheryl Greenwell with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. A lot of resources available for Texas farmers and ranchers out there. What are some of the programs you think that are helpful and important to know about? We have several programs, um, specifically Texas AgriAbility and Battleground to Breaking Ground. Texas AgriAbility is a project in the state as well as nationally. It's a project to support producers and their family members who are suffering from chronic health conditions or um, disabling conditions such as paralysis or uh, uh, missing limbs, uh, could be arthritis and anything in between. And we would support them in looking at their operations and making recommendations for assistive technology to remove the barriers to access. There's a lot of great ideas, a lot of can-do spirit out there among the farm community, but sometimes they need assistance. And you've got ag engineers, you've got others, occupational therapists that are there to help. That are there to help, and we're, we want to come and help you do things that you're doing safely and to keep any secondary injuries from happening and to keep you on your farms and ranches doing what you love to do. Agriculture as an industry, as an occupation, lends itself to some of these challenges. Agriculture is the second most hazardous op, uh, occupation you can be employed in, and therefore there are quite a few accidents, and um, you don't have to have. There could be disabling conditions from other other sources such as car accidents and those kinds of things but also you're looking at an industry that's physically stressful right and it's and so you're looking at individuals who maybe have been farming and ranching 20 30 40 years that have uh, disabling conditions because of the physical work that they do and the mental health dynamic is also part of those challenges right and the mental health dynamic for our producers and for our military veterans who are many of 
of them from the rural area and also farming and ranching is that um, we're not only dealing with environments and those kinds of things and the challenges that that comes with, you're dealing with um, financial hardship. Um, it could be, you know, other family stressors and, and um, there's just a lot of unknown day-to-day in farming and ranching and those things in and of themselves cause multiple challenges. So every day a farmer and rancher uh, goes out onto their farm, they could be experiencing a different type of stressor. Where can someone go for more information? For more information, please contact Cheryl Greenwald at chgreenwald at ag.tamu.edu. My phone number, 979-321-5019. As Dr. Cheryl Greenwell, I'm in College Station. This is Gary Joyner for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Ticks are out and about during these hotter parts of the year. What should you do if you find you've been bitten by one? I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the Texas Animal Health Commission recently adopted some new rules that are now in effect. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The Texas Animal Health Commission recently adopted some new rules that went into effect last month. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at some of these new rules. These new rules affect multiple species of animals. Brucellosis requirements have changed, removing additional brucellosis entry requirements for sexually intact cattle entering Texas from the designated surveillance area comprised of the states of Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana. This is following nine years of testing by multiple agencies without any detection of brucellosis infected cattle and no significant deficits found in state brucellosis programs in these states. Some new amendments to chronic wasting disease, or CWD management, have been passed as well. The amendments established one new containment zone, or CZ, in Kimball County called CZ-5, expanding existing CZ-2 in Hartley County and CZ-3 in Medina County, creating a new surveillance zone, or SZ, in Duval County called SZ-8, and modify existing SZ-5 in Kimball County. Also, an amendment added malignant catarrhal fever caused by a ruminant gamma herpes virus to the list of reportable and actionable diseases to address this emerging threat to susceptible species in Texas. Another adopted amendment adds that animals vaccinated or tested for any disease as required by TAHC be officially identified on a certificate of veterinary inspection instead of just individually identified. 
The amendment also clarifies the type of identification required and aligns the Animal Health Commission regulations with federal regulations. The tuberculosis test entry requirements for sexually intact dairy cattle have changed from two months of age or older to six months of age or older. For dairy cattle less than six months of age that are permitted into a designated facility, a negative TB test is required at age two to six months while at the designated facility. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Ticks are out and about across Texas during these hot months of summer. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. If you plan on being in wooded or shaded areas or places with tall vegetation this summer, be sure to protect yourself and your pets against ticks and the multitude of diseases they can transmit. This summer, we've discussed the importance of wearing long sleeve shirts and pants and repellent to deter ticks when outside. It is also important to check yourself and your pet for ticks every hour to reduce the likelihood that they'll transmit diseases like ehrlichiosis. Lee Townsend from the University of Kentucky gave USDA Radio this advice. Ticks generally have to be attached and feeding for several hours before passing a pathogen to the next host. That's why this regular checking and prompt removal of ticks is very important. Today we have some tips on what to do if you do find a tick has attached itself to you. Townsend says, first, there are some things you should avoid. Things like the hot match or the needle tends to agitate them and then produce more saliva, which increases the chances of disease. The best thing to do is use fine pointed tweezers, grab the tick's head as close to the skin as possible, use a gentle, steady pull to remove it. Ideally, when you do this, the tick's mouth parts will stay with the tick and not in your skin. Ultimately, they'll work their way out. So wash the area with some soap and water. It's a puncture-type wound, so you don't want it to become infected. Townsend said if you find a tick that's been there for a day or longer, pull it out, preserve it in alcohol, and visit your local health care provider. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It is time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Before we move into the market report for Friday, we would like to acknowledge the devastation and the loss of life Thursday evening in Perryton in the Texas Panhandle. Our thoughts are with the Perryton community and those who are providing them with aid and support during this difficult time. The cattle complex traded higher on Friday, supported by traders' interest in the cash cattle markets and good demand. June live cattle up 77 cents to 178.35. August live cattle up 65 cents to 171.72. 
August feeder cattle up 80 cents to 234.92. September feeder cattle up 65 cents to 238.17. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Carl Herman, my guest. Carl Herman, Caldwell Livestock Commission Company. How was your regular Wednesday sale? You know, we had a good sale. We had uh, over 650 head for 120 consigners and 43 buyers on a steady calf market and cow market. We had 150 slaughter cows and bulls. Slaughter cows, 60 to 110. Slaughter bulls, 85 to 119. Stocker cows, 900 to 1300. And pairs, 12 and a quarter to 1850. On the calf side, on the steers, two to three weights, 267 to three dollars. Three to four weights, 250 to three dollars. Four to five weight steers, 240 to 290. Five to six weights, 233 to 262. Six to seven weight steers brought two dollars to 217. And the seven to eight weights, 186 to 207. On the Heifers, lightweights, two to threes, two fourteen to two thirty-five. Three to four weight heifers brought two twenty-one to three dollars. Four to five weights, two oh seven to two forty-five. The five and six weight heifers brought two oh one to two thirty. Six to seven weights, one seventy-seven to two oh seven. Seven to eight weight heifers, one seventy-five to one eighty-two. Overall, had a good day. Bidding was active. Had a lot of good cattle, and look forward to next week. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. My number is 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 5674-119. If you're in the Giddings and Lexington area, call Max Ebner, 540-8676. Carl, we appreciate you. Thank you a bunch. And Texas neighbor, thank you too for listening to me, Larry Marble, and walking the pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're doing so right now on Texas Ag Today. Cotton was higher on Friday, supported by NOAA's seven-day forecast calling for drier weather in Texas and rain in Kansas and Oklahoma. July cotton up 71 points to 81.35. December cotton up 48 points to 80.08. July corn up 17 to 6.40 and a quarter. September corn up 24 to 594. July hard red wheat up 29 and a quarter to 842. September hard red wheat up 30 and a quarter to 839. July natural gas up 9 cents to 262. August natural gas up 10 cents to 271. July crude oil rose $1.21 Friday to 71.83 a barrel. August crude oil up $1.14 to 71.95 a barrel. The Dow fell 18 points Friday to 34,389. The S&P 500 fell 3 to 4,422. And the Nasdaq fell 50 points to 13,732. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.